do it, do it, do it. Tony, hurry. Tony, hurry. Already did. Tony, hurry. Facebook. They already don't like me. <laughs> All right. I guess we're live. Great. Yeah, I get off one Facebook uh, jailing and get immediately on another. Not not the same kind. The new one is uh, a minor Facebook jailing for just for a specific group. Uh, my hometown has a private Facebook page, and uh, it's actually not even my hometown. It's where I live, uh, but <clears throat> uh, I've lived here since 1986. So, Tony, since I was 15. You can call it hometown, I think, at that point. Yeah, I, I think. I, I went to high school here. I went to most of my high school here. Uh, what? 86 was when I was three. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I uh, somebody posted something in, in our local Facebook group about um, you should uh, – uh, well, there's, there's these kids playing in the playground, these 11 to 13-year-olds, and – I had my three to five year olds there and they were being rough. And when we told them to stop, they started cursing at parents and, you know, so then the comments came, uh, it's too bad. We can't discipline them like we want to. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody else said, uh, well, to which I said, how exactly do you propose to discipline someone else's children mm-hmm. the way we want to. No. <laughs> now, what is it that um, you want to do? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody else commented and I said something about violently disciplining children and somebody else said, whoop their ass. Um, I got a Facebook ban from the group because I was being antagonistic. I mean, you probably were. I probably was. I mean, I was, I was, um, but I got banned under the rules that I was also being political because apparently spanking children is a political argument now. I mean, what isn't? Oh, well, what is I mean, the deal is when you send a generation off to war, they come back super fucked up and then raise a generation of people. Those people are also super fucked up. Like, that's just how the math works. Yeah. But we just keep sending generations of people off to war. So... I have to teach about I nothing and we're out of ideas. <laughs> so that that Facebook banning, they gave me a one month Facebook ban for that from the from the group. It's not a Facebook ban, but a ban from the group. Now, being belligerent the way I am, I actually reported oh, there was one comment that I didn't mention. Um this one woman said, What you should do is you should bring a foghorn, which I'm, I'm assuming she meant an air horn, um, a foghorn and mace the next time you go to the playground so that when the kids, when you ask the kids to stop and they say no, or they swear at you, you blow your foghorn at them so that when they come after you and when they touch you, you can mace them. You can legally mace them. Everyone's, like, super concerned about, like, the legal justification for macing children. Like, the legal justification for their desire to mace children. And I feel like they've focused on the wrong part of that. Right? Mm-hmm. So You are I really reported, excited about macing kids. I went back and reported that comment mm-hmm. to Facebook. 
not to the admins of the group, mm-hmm. but to Facebook. And that comment was removed under the under the community guidelines. Great. Yeah. I felt I felt very good about myself for doing that. Oh yeah. I, I follow several of the people from my high school. And so like whenever I've had a bad day, I will go back and look at their posts and invariably there are several things that I can report and I feel better. Right? <laughs> yeah. I get that. I get that. This is delightful. Uh Make so no, I gotta get in the camera yes. here. This is Hard Mountain Dew Baja Blast Zero Sugar. Tony. It's what plants crave. It Tony. is what it's, it's what this Hi. plant craves. It is wonderful. Tony. Why don't you love yourself the way it's, you should be loved? It's, it's Mountain Dew, mm. but Baja Blast mm. and Zero Sugar. And there's alcohol in it. No, Tony, I got the four components. It's, yeah. It's um, just that it's an unholy Frankenstein creation of sadness. But but look, it's it's Mountain Dew. No, I got the four components. It's zero sugar. And it's alcohol. This is that's from a, the guy told that's me a earlier. quadruple negative. So it cancels out. No, it doesn't. If you add four negative numbers together, the result is negative. But if you multiply them together... Yeah, but you're not multiplying. It's like, the parts, the whole is the sum (laughs) of the parts. The sum. (laughs) I'm going to be all over the place. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, I know. It's been like... Aha blast running through your veins. It's it's been like five months since we've recorded. It's been a while. Three weeks. It's been a while. It feels like it's been a while. I was invited like three people to this episode. So many people. All Let's right. just get into this. Hey, this is Tony. Yeah. Hey, this is Mitch. And this is David. And we are the Backseat Producers. Tonight we're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. I did not remember the name of this movie. I could not remember this the name of this movie until I watched this movie. And then I got it. And I can't unremember the name of this movie after watching the movie. Yes. Because it does spell it out for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Quite literally. Mitch, what did you think of the movie? High level. Oh, man, I love this movie. It was uh, super weird, which I'm already into. It was sci-fi, and it was focused on the characters and the way they relate to each other. And these are all the things that I love in movies. So I was into it. David. Uh, I saw two movies in the last two weeks about the multiverse, and one of them was amazing, and it was this movie. In fact, in the IM group we've got, after I saw this movie, I said, go see everything everywhere. It's amazing. Stop what you're doing and leave your families. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what got me to the theater. Yep. Uh, I, within the span of five days, I saw those same two multiverse movies. And I concur. Sorry, Mitch hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm going to see right. that other one on Sunday. But that's, that's right. kind of how I already felt from just its trailer. Mm-hmm. And you know, All right. let me I set don't your talk expectations for you for just a moment, Mitch. Uh, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. It's a Sam Raimi superhero movie. All right. I've it liked is. a couple of those. That's your expectations. It is. All right. <clears throat> All right. So. Uh, the first thing I have to say about this movie is that we have been wrong all along. It is not, uh, in fact, Chekhov's gun. It is Chekhov's butt plug. 
<laughs> I spotted that thing yep. on the show on the on the desk behind her the, yep. m- the instant it was on the screen, oh. not when they pointed it out. Yeah, the a, instant. A three or four minutes later, the instant that thing showed up on screen, and yes. it was like, oh, that better come back in the second act. <laughs> it that better go <laughs> off by the end of the second act. Otherwise, mm-hmm. this movie fails in every way. And you know what? And you this know movie what? Did not fail at all. This movie. <laughs> rose to meet the challenges that were set out yep. and exceeded them. Yep. Because uh, that was, there was, that, was a, the, that was the the thing that I've been sitting on since about 20 minutes into that movie. Just on it. waiting. Gross. I did. I jumped on it. I had to wait till this moment so I could jump on it. There just was like they did in the movie. <laughs> tense scene where that thing was wandering around looking for a butthole. <laughs> yep. Indeed. <laughs> All right. So, as a serious review of this movie, I do not believe that I have seen a movie in maybe the last couple years, or maybe ever, that has had such a continuous, prolonged emotional high as the last half of this movie. It was like, did not let up. Mm-hmm. Like, it got to, the, like, an event happens, and then it was like, just kept going. Yeah, like the emotional climax of this movie did not stop for a long goddamn time. Mm-hmm. No, you could. I mean, you could argue that this movie was what thirty minutes of setup, if that, and then the rest of it was the resolution. It just started resolving and did not stop resolving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All while giving you more of the story the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Every <laughs> and you know the thing that I love about this in particular was that all that setup and stuff, they, they didn't spend time in the, I don't know, multiversesness of it. Like, I mean, we visited places and all that kind of stuff, but like, it wasn't to be to luxuriate in the cool tech or this setup that we made or anything. All of it was to drive that, like what you said, that emotional climax, emotional resolution, that interaction between these main characters. Yeah, the uh, the setup is real. It's good, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff behind it, but it's also not super complicated. Mm-hmm. Like they just set out, hey, we're gonna do a mother daughter thing, we're gonna do a generational trauma thing, and we're also gonna do a, a you know this is what life is thing in like that first half hour, forty five minutes, and like it's enough. Uh, I would also add in there the the struggles of a crumbling relationship between mm-hmm. husband and wife. Uh, yeah, I'd also add in, uh, there's a good, there's a, I want to talk about this part later about how you can, because the story is so utterly malleable that you can use it as an allegory for a ton of things. And like an an immigrant story is also in there, Mm -hmm. like, uh, having to code switch between like, and that's why half the language is in English and half of it's, it's Mm -hmm. I saw this movie. I was very tired when I went to see the movie. And when the subtitles popped on the screen at the beginning, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. This could be bad for me. But the it's the drift. Yeah. The drift is real good. And it, it makes sense when it happens and it, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it bleeds all over the place, which is yep. thematically consistent with the rest of the movie. Yeah. This movie feels like we're... Like 
meta. We're just going to jump all over the place. I mean, that's sort of, the yeah. Movie. I mean, it's just, yes. yeah, it's just, it's just meta for the movie. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, so good. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. And every version of her, like, just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? As the bureaucrat, as the wrestler uh, wrestler villain, <laughs> as the romantic. The hot dog <laughs> romance. Oh. The movie yeah. was all genres. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I oh. never expected a hot dog finger romance in this, but it makes sense why two women with hot dog fingers would be in a romance together mm-hmm. also. It was and the thing about it is that like you got enough of that story to entirely read the entire story of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Of that. And they, it was only on screen for maybe five minutes. And half of it's played as a joke with hot dog fingers. Right. But, like, also, it's this tender older lady romance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the complexities of dating at that age. It's, I can't wait till that becomes a subgenre on Pornhub. But I think that all, all of it, you right? Mean that, it's not already. I have not looked. I mean. You know, we have the ability to screen share on this. <laughs> I think we'll get kicked right back off of Facebook again, oh, yeah. Yeah. but <laughs> and probably YouTube and Twitch. Mm-hmm. But like, I think the reason that that worked so well, even in those five minutes, is because that relationship wasn't fundamentally different than any other relationship. And like, we also get the rapid fire stuff happening um, just in front of the bagel, um, where like she's changed her tactics and every one of those it's a it's a moment mm-hmm. that resonates because they are echoes of the moments we've already seen and like been experiencing through the through the movie like the way they kept that emotional payoff going and threaded together was so smart yeah yeah and the uh like the mother daughter dynamic like as soon as the they introduce the villain like it's very obvious who the villain is going to be uh-huh. just because you know we've only met three goddamn characters, <laughs> uh, but the villainous context of the story is flawless. Uh-huh. Tony is on mute and talking, and by God, this is the first time. All right. So what I really liked about that was that at different points in the movie, everyone was the villain Ooh. of of that particular story. Everybody played a villainous role to someone else at some point in the movie. Mm-hmm. What did Wayman do? He was boring. Uh, he was boring. He was, <laughs> he was boring, and then at one point, the divorce papers did come out. Mm-hmm. Is that villainous? Uh, in that moment, in that story, to that character, it can be argued that that was the villain. That was a villainous moment. Mm. Mm. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, so here's the other thing. I don't think either of the male characters are big enough characters to count. I think the three female leads are the are the main characters. Well, are you trying to minimize James Hong? Yeah. Fuck you, Tony. I mean, in in the in this movie, yes. Seminal actor James Hong. Does yeah. James Hong have the most movie credits on IMDb? I th- does he? Don't uh, know. Who has the most acting credits ever? And yeah, Art, you, James Hong, you are right about that. The actor with six hundred 
plus credits. Wow. And counting. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Uh, I remember him as the Lopan. Yes. Yeah, I got invited do. to a birthday party that is a public screening of uh, Big Trouble in Little China Ooh. at the Arcadium. How fun. Yes. yes. I am very excited. Uh, it's and I love it. Yeah, so... Art Santa said uh, the movie's fantastic, and I've been telling anyone who would listen for weeks. Yeah, that uh, was appropriate. That is the right thing. Yeah, I think yeah. the only reason I knew about this movie was people telling me. Like, I don't remember any trailers for it. I saw um, a bunch of trailers for it. Really? Gosh, I did too. It's maybe it's because when I saw them, it didn't really like register. I think about it, but like everyone told me, like this is great. You got to go see it. Leave your family. I'm like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. I stand by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the right choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just got his star. That's ridiculous. Whew. Is that yeah. the only one he has? <laughs> well, I mean, I, star. He's got a constellation. There are people. <laughs> there are people that do have multiple stars on the on the Walk of Fame. Huh. Oh, we should get a star for him on the the loop here. Oh, not for any other reason than he's just got to. He <laughs> should. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like both those male characters, um, Waymond and I don't remember the grandpa's name. Yeah, I don't either. They had like a grandpa name. Uh, uh, Gong Gong. Gong Gong. That's the one. <laughs> yep. I thought they were really good foils against the other stuff that was going on. And like ultimately, like Waymond had a really critical role to play. He did, but I would say and, there's there's three leads in there, the, the women and oh, the yeah, two men. Sure. The two men are the supporting actors. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if we're going to break it down that way. Sure. And yeah. and if we're going to look at those leads, I think at some point those three leads were all villainous at different points. Maybe okay. not so much Gong Gong and, and Wayman, but the, the three women, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm editing that uh, that, that previous statement. It reminds me of... A... Oh, apparently Art says you can have up to five stars on the... Which is kind of funny, actually. Of course, five stars. I just heard somebody recently getting their third star, like like within the last two or three weeks. Um. Okay, Tony, the googly eye was the reverse donut, and it fucking slayed me. It fucking slayed me. There were many things in this movie that slayed me. The googly eye was the reverse donut. Was the first thing that slayed me. The second thing that slayed me was uh those fucking rocks. Oh yeah, yeah. The rocks were so goddamn good. That was uh, really good. Just a silent, still frame of two rocks with white text, but mm-hmm. still utterly emotionally riveting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And I was a hundred percent with the rocks chasing the rock. Like, I mean, oh yeah, yeah like, you just. Oh. Oh, what are you doing? Get away from me. I want to get you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh. oh, God, it's such a mob thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. And the third thing that slayed me was uh, in the universe where she was the movie star. And it was mm-hmm. like the black and white when they were out in the alley and they were just talking. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he's in a suit. And he's all suave and debonair. He's like, hey, I think in another in another life I could be real happy just doing taxes with you. Yeah. <sighs> Ugh, it was so goddamn good. I quite loved his, you know, wholesomeness to his thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe stage? I don't know. Gotta be stage. Starbucks. 
<laughs> oh. I'll make sure every I mean Aspire. Gene Autry did legendarily make a great coffee. <laughs> live performance. Oh, live performance. Okay. Yeah, sure. So stage. Yeah. It's what the UCB Tuesday night group you get there. Live performance. Uh speaking of live performance, I saw a stellar performance of Murder on the Orient Express a couple of weeks ago. Oh yeah. Four times in, in four days. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. Uh Holden, who uh actually he gets back home on fr- this Friday. Um so he'll probably be popping back up in the in these uh also just just killed it as Poirot. Just was fantastic. Awesome. Yep. That mustache. That mustache was something else. You know, I think between last time we met and now my my son was also in a production of Mary Poppins Jr. As nice. Kite flyer number three. And I think he did a convincing job of flying that <laughs> kite. Hey, you know what? We all start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And and how old is your son? Ten. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holden uh, just announced to us in seventh grade that uh, I think I'm going to go try to be in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, we've been trying to get you to do that since you were three years old. What? <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, and yep, here he is uh, having almost his entire sophomore year paid for in scholarships. Nice. So. Yeah, Rex uh, did this. Uh, Tiger Troop is what they call it at school to do this mm-hmm. play. And I asked him, well, what do you want to do next? He goes, oh, I want to be in Willy Wonka because I want to be in an Oompa Loompa. I'm like, you do have red hair. This might work. Um, hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, in sixth grade, Aaron was in Wonka Junior in in the in the in the middle school, except they were like two weeks before uh, the spring musical in April of 2020. Oh no! Yeah, so they never performed it. Oh, perfect uh, timing. <clears throat> yeah. So last year they did a um, an all video version of Peter Pan Junior. Um, this year they got to go back on stage. Well, they still had all the rights because a lot of the rights companies let them carry over performing mm-hmm. rights during COVID. Um, so they like they had all, all the sets and everything worked on. So they just did it again. Well, anyone who was cast, most of them have moved on because this was supposed to be Aaron's sixth grade year. They would have done this. This is their eighth mm-hmm. grade year. It's a middle school. There's only three grades there. So um, unless you were there in sixth grade, you're you've aged out. So, um, like most of the, most of the kids who were the leads were like Oompa Loompas, you know, stuff like that. Um, Aaron was an Oompa Loompa in sixth grade and in eighth grade was, uh, Grandma Josephine and an Oompa Loompa because Grandma Josephine doesn't do much. In the sure. Act. Yep. Yep. But that's okay. great. No, that's go for it, man. That's, that's the way to do it. If that's mm-hmm. what he wants, you know what? Go into that, uh, audition. With orange face, going orange face, it's okay. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas allow it, uh, uh-huh. and practice those songs. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. The Oompa Loompas allow it. The well, Oompa Loompa lobby is not very large. I understand there's sort of a dark history to the Oompa Loompas. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. The, yeah, and like I, we've been reading the Roald Doll collection, and most of the books are are fine because. They're all in England and it's all like white people. So there's not a whole lot of like room for to include the passive racism of the time. Sure. 
But whenever there's been other cultures, it has not been great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is it that the in 40 years, Short Round's voice hasn't changed? I know. You could still hear him. It sounds the same. Exactly the same to me. I, I was shocked by that as well. Like, I'm looking at him, and I mean, I had I had seen articles and stuff saying how he was in this, so, like, I didn't have to stretch to look at him and say, oh, yeah, that's short round. If I wouldn't have known that going in, I might have, it might have taken me a minute looking at him, it's like, man, that, he's about the right age, maybe he is, then the minute he would have opened his mouth, it would have been like, yeah, that, that's, that's him. Yeah, what a... What a great job he did! Like, this is his his performances were were such a stretch. Yeah, they they went to such extremes, mm-hmm. and I mean, I understand how movies work, so it probably wasn't shot at the same time. But the way they shot it and edited it, and maybe the I mean, maybe that's the way it happened. It looked like in the span of a scene, he was jumping from between those two personalities seamlessly, mm-hmm. and just different different physical characteristics and and everything it was a great it was a great role i don't think i've seen him in a role that gave him enough to do those things yep. i uh, mean uh, a lot of the main characters have that same thing going on yeah mm-hmm. yeah but he has to sell it first he has to sell it first and he does yeah yeah right and keep his like i don't know like his heart also at the center of of all of those different characters that he's being. Yeah. Because there's still a, he's still a, a decent guy every mm-hmm. time they show him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's all to sort of uh, funnel toward his like payoff moment. Where he's like, this is how I fight when, and it sold it. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I was with him. I don't know who I'm looking at him now, uh, who is in charge of their like fight choreography and stuff. But I thought like there's a, a fight scene with a fanny pack that rivaled anything I've seen from like a Jackie Chan movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the, the first one, the first one. That was the first big fight as they were escaping. Um, the IRS. Yeah. Darth IRS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The guy who was their fight choreographer also worked on Shang-Chi and that's it. I mean, like there's been a bunch of other movies, but like nothing that I like recognizes Paper Tigers is a thing. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that one. What uh, what really boggled my mind with this is how seamlessly the cinematography and artistry of the movie mm-hmm. matched how bonkers the story is. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that fight. There's a there's a ugh, in the stairwell when Jamie Lee Curtis is like jumping at her and everything freezes mm-hmm. like it's so like the movie is goddamn beautiful every costume change that joy has is spectacular mm-hmm. <laughs> and beautiful yes yeah. <laughs> and there is like no it would be very easy to not do that right because just like having joy dressed funereally <laughs> the entire movie would work, but them not doing that is fantastic because it keeps pace and doesn't pull you out of like any of the other shit that's happening. Like you never have a solid footing in any of the scenes 
because everything is so malleably shifting. <clears throat> yeah. I really wish this movie would have been released, um, I guess, about six months earlier or later than it was, because it's right in the middle of the season that doesn't get a tremendous amount of Oscar attention. Because they're like, it just feels like everything, everyone, all throughout this movie, whoever worked on it in any capacity, should be nominated for something. Like, I mean, maybe best original song, not so much, but I mean. Speaking of best original song, do you know who the directors are? Dan and Dan? Yes. Do you know uh, one of their major works? They directed the music video for Turn Down for What? Nice. Oh. Which, if you have not seen, feels like a prequel to this movie. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go watch it because I don't... I I may have seen snippets of it, but... It is an experience. All right. I dig experiences. (laughs) So, one of the... uh, I do have a complaint about this movie. Oh? I feel like the mother-daughter resolution is brief. Mm. I feel like at the last second from the mother and daughter stuff, we turn away and make it about Waymond. Mm. But... It's also two dudes who wrote this, so I can... It, it's interesting because, like, I am struggling to find media that I think does mother-daughter conflict stuff, like, deeply. Uh, and, like, this is really good about it, but I don't think they knew what to do with it when they got to a certain point. So they kind of wean out. I, I don't know. I don't feel that way, but I'm not right. Yeah. Like, cause I feel like, I think, I, f- I think I need to re-experience it through the lens of thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the case that I'm thinking too. Like, cause I'm, I, I felt like they did it right. Like they did the stuff and they have this moment and they have like this follow-up moment and they talk about like, you know, we don't like it. We're okay. Like we, they kind of like run through those things, but, but maybe like I'm neither mother nor daughter, right? So didn't like connect to it stronger or see a, a lack there. I was like, okay, they did it. I saw two women talking about not a man. This must be a feminist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, were, they resolved it. It's fixed. Yay. <laughs> Check that feminist box. Yeah. I believe we checked that feminist box with hot dog fingers. That is what you put in the feminist box. Um <laughs> <clears throat> And we just got kicked out of it. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, and Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, in that other great movie with mother-daughter resolutions of uh, Freaky Friday, right? Scream? (laughs) Wasn't Scream, was she? Who? Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't quite remember. Uh, Halloween, at least. Yeah, definitely Halloween. I saw a thing come up. It was something that Autumn said. Oh, there it was. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's so right. That makes so much sense. That turned down for what <laughs> is made by the same people who directed this film. Oh, good. I yeah. uh, didn't realize it was them, and then had to go watch. I was like, oh, I'm sure I've seen this video. I had not seen that video. <laughs> oh, right, well, I'm going to add that to cue. <laughs> but uh, that was my singular complaint for the entire movie. Uh, I think. My singular complaint would be I want to know what a little bit more about what happens to the consciousnesses 
like the way they described it is that you link with another consciousness, but then also like we saw her like experience this other life in another world. And we also saw like the daughter lose time when she came back to being herself. Like she doesn't, well, how'd I get here? Right. So like what happens to them? What happens to them? Like what happens to the actual movie star? Like she gained the skills of the movie star, but, but like, I don't know, like what happened to the movie star? Did she just fold it in for a minute and then unfolded from her? Like I'm, I'm unsure. And like, that's maybe swapsies. They do swapsies. I think so. Well, it's also complicated to understand the mechanics of it because they establish the mechanics and then the rest of the movie is the mother and daughter breaking the mechanics. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like hard to get a baseline of, well, this is how this works because we only ever see the exception and not, not really the rule. Right. You do something algorithmically weird. Mm-hmm. Then you get the <laughs> skills from somewhere. You you do swapsies on your what probably like on your decks and your your constitution right. strength, <laughs> but you keep your intelligence and wisdom stats. That fucking finger, that fucking finger with the bicep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. So you know. And that's just the the weird, like, nerd where I just want to be like, I want to know all the mechanics of this, which is totally unimportant. Like, it didn't take me out of it. There was no moment where I needed that explanation during Mm -hmm. the film. Yeah, like, even the – so in the beginning, after the fanny pack fight, or the middle of the fanny pack fight, he Mm -hmm. eats that chapstick. Right. And I was like, what have I missed here? Is that, like, a a weird gum thing? Uh, But – and then they explain it later, and I was like, oh, fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking dildo. Uh-huh. Butt plug. Ugh. Then it comes back! <laughs> I did not expect the butt plug to come back like it did. But then, like about a minute before it happens, like, you just get uh-huh. this sense that something's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Wait, they're back in the office. Wait, oh. I haven't seen the butt plug yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Flawless. It really was. There's a nice sort of uh, surprise when I saw Jenny Slate, uh, like, in there. Yeah. Not being yeah. suspicious. Where they had to rename her character in the credits. Oh, I saw that. Which is a good good thing. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good thing. She is now known as Dog Mom. Instead of Big Nose. Instead of Big Nose. Yes. Apparently, um, I guess there are a whole bunch of more scenes with her. That's what I heard in like the radio piece about the rename is that they actually had a lot more material with her. They just got mm-hmm. cut because it wasn't terribly important where they talk about like the conversation she's having on the phone and like resolving things with her, like ex and their kids and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like there was a whole subplot for her that uh, went away and wasn't necessary, but like, yeah, yeah. No, I felt like the movie was pretty tight. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I needed more of anything in the movie mm-hmm. to feel good about what happened in the movie. Yeah. Um, the biggest problem I had with the movie was that immediately after finishing watching it, I felt like the whole middle of the movie was too long. Mm-hmm. But but the, the longer I've lived with the movie, I don't feel that way at all. 
like in, in the moment, it just felt like, and part of this is probably just me. And I was, like I said, I had a long day before that. I was seeing a nine fifteen movie and it was like, ah, I'm leaving here at, you know, <laughs> like yeah, uh-huh. almost midnight and I'm tired and the lobby was closed. So I couldn't refill my popcorn. And why did this movie take as long as it did to end? I do not feel that way now though. Um, just the more I live with the middle, like it, I focus on part of it and say, could that have gotten, could that have been gotten rid of? No. Yeah. No, no, no. like, like it was very tight, but everything that was there was also necessary to completely tell the story. I I felt like, Mm -mm. um, it gave me enough weird variations in the rules of, of how the abilities worked that like Mitch, you know, you're chasing that. How does this work? All right. And there's so many, so many fiddly bits that, you know, a, a fandom will, will creep up around it. And somebody's going to come up with this huge algorithm right. looking for a way to break it, which is not the point. Yeah. Because, it's I totally think that, because I think the narrative was there to just obfuscate those rules mm-hmm. and just tell, and to just tell us, you don't need to understand the rules. They understand the rules and just believe that they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. At that point, you just, I'm, I'm trusting the science of the art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not necessary at all in the scope of this movie to like do anything beyond what they did with their setup and stuff. The, the thing that annoys me in, in films sometimes where they set up rules and then, and don't follow them. And that's not the case here, but like, uh, there's a movie Looper with, oh. yeah, where it's a time travel yep. movie. Where yeah. they try to act like the time travel is not important. The important part is this relationship between these characters. But then they keep doing stuff with the time travel. Mm. And I'm like, well, how would that ever work? Right? Like, yeah. And so that was the problem. They tried to wash it away and then also use it. This one, they covered it with plot for the rest of the movie. And that was great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, because like after they established that, all right, this is how this works generally. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And like they didn't go into a overly lengthy explanation. It's like, well, it doesn't work the way that any other multi-universe movie works. It's like, oh, fucking come mm-hmm. on, Avengers, let's like, right. explain it more or explain it less. But what you're doing is not good. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, famously, one of the problems that I had with uh, with the Hunger Games is they try to explain this economy, and for one thing when you use the word economy, you've gone too far Mm -hmm. because now you have to start establishing rules and none of your rules make any sense. Mm -hmm. And then they try to do this, uh, whatever the name that tri quarterly, (laughs) whatever that bullshit. All right. Every, um, every region has two people, one male and one female across the last 74 events. And we have at least one of a competitive age to show up both male and female for, for every region. That math does not work. Like it just, it just does not work. You're thinking of a quarter quell. That's the, yes. Quarter quell. Third quarter quell. Thank you. I could not remember what that was. Um, But yeah, they, they just try to explain too much. So are you suggesting the games are rigged? (laughs) (laughs) What I'm suggesting is that, they should have avoided too much discussion of the the very specific numbers involved. 
Yeah. Well, the problem is, like, if you've read the books, Katniss is the worst mm-hmm. because it's like everything happens around her, and it's frustrating to have like the first-person view of a story in which the character has no agency whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So things just happen to them passively, or they are passive to the things that happen to them, and it's just like this is this is frustrating. <laughs> yep, and it's just the th- I've quite enjoyed the first book. And then all the things that were cool about it seemed to be lost both on, in the sequel books and in the movie. And when I heard the author talking about it, like her inspiration for writing it, she said that she had been flipping back and forth between uh, Survivor and Iraq war coverage. And like well, was tired and this sort of like fused them in her head. I'm like, yeah, this fits. Like this is what you made. Yep. And that was the cool thing. But then all the stuff that like came ancillary to that just it wasn't. No, it was not. This is too bad. Everything Everywhere All at Once, however, has nothing ancillary, and all of it was great. I agree. I think once the uh, presence of the bagel showed up, it really did eclipse <laughs> any plot problems I might ever have. Mm-hmm. Well, this does sort of unify everything. It. Oh my god, it did. I made an everything bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Yep. And it was the same thing where it was both menacing and silly. It did look menacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like every scene where it's just hovering in the background, it's like, mm, that looks diseased. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the thing that I liked a lot about it because the movie did that for a lot of things. They were important and silly. And it sort of had this message of, oh, that. Nothing is really important. Nothing really matters except for like the relationships we have with other people because all the other like stuff was both silly and a threat. Like it was all MacGuffin. Yeah. Except for these things, the way we treat each other, which I can see that the point of that being lost on some, someone. Mm -hmm. And if it is, I can see where any negative reviews might come from. Oh, uh, are there such things? I don't know if there are. I'm just I'm just playing devil devil's advocate because I don't I don't have any more glowing things to say about it. So I'm just trying to take a devil devil's advocate approach to it. If you're not in for the the story of the mother and the daughter and and how they relate and what this is all about, I can see somebody getting really frustrated in both the aspect of this is a drama that somebody just turned into nonsense. And then if they get to that point and they just shut off because they, they believe that all the multiversal stuff is just faff. Yeah. It's all so much hoo-ha, you know, that they just don't even care. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the type of person who should be looking for the emotional attachment and the mother's, the mother daughter connection, they, those, like I can see people who are so seriously into that, that the middle sci-fi part just throws them out. So they don't get the resolution they should be getting from the story that it, that is trying to tell. It is real weird. It does get really weird. It's real weird. As soon as those hot dog fingers come up, you're either all in or you're all out. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I was really tired. <laughs> and there was a few minutes there where I think I might have zoned out for probably five minutes. Did you come back to Hot Dog Fingers? I did come back to Hot Dog Fingers. <laughs> and I was like, catch up? <laughs> look, 
I it was already going to weird places. But is this a skit within a sketch? Like I don't because the hot dog fingers also didn't look great. Like is it as an effect? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is this is this a bit <laughs> within the movie, or is this is this some serious universe that I'm looking at here? So that was totally on me for being tired. Um, but the other thing I could say is the way it jumped around like that in that state, it gave it an even more surreal vibe. <clears throat> I highly recommend watching this movie when you're really tired. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. To like I am too. See if the pacing holds up, right? Like you said, like does the middle like take too long to get to where they're going? I didn't feel it watching it the first time, but the weird and the and the mystery, I think, sort of kept me in. I wonder if knowing what all this stuff is, if that will make it seem like it's taking too long to get there. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so I just had a thought. I can see this being the kind of movie that in the future, if we still have services that just show a steady stream of content that you don't have to choose yourself, mm-hmm. like a cable channel, um, that this could be the kind of movie that when it's on, if you like the movie in general, and it's just on, you'll just put it on until the end, no matter where you start with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that because there's some movies that just that feel good of the resolution, regardless of where you start the movie, you just want to finish that ride. Yeah. I think if you're in for the, for the resolution of this movie, you've, you, you know, the basics of the beginning, but you just jump in at any point in the odd part in that in that weird wave and you can ride it out to the end and still have that that feel good of the of mother daughter coming together of of all those race relationships resolving. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that maybe this may be a a frequently repeated watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to at least seeing it one more time for sure. Yeah. I went to look yeah. up some bad reviews because it's got like a 91 percent critic rating. Oh, okay. So there's not a whole lot of them. Right. But this one already is pretty great. It is. A great deal of energy and talent has been expended here on the idealization of the family unit and the quest for a United States that never existed. Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ooh, someone has missed a lot of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, that was Ryan Gilby from the... Are New you States sure movie. they reviewed the correct <laughs> multiverse movie of this. I think, you know what? I think this person did, but they came with a gigantic ax to grind about something that had nothing to do with this movie. Yeah. It's immigrants. That's what it is. <laughs> it's immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yep. On my uh, list of rules for my life. Number three is nothing in this life has intrinsic meaning. If you want to find something meaningful, you have to make it mean something. And that's entirely what this movie was. And mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. Yep. Yeah. I was hooked immediately. And then every time Joy's walking around, she's like, I've seen literally everything there is to see, and nothing means anything. Like, oh. <laughs> Sing to me, oh muse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The fucking googly eye. As soon as she put it on her face, I was like, oh, oh so good. Mm-hmm. I saw it with Libby, and then after the movie, she's like, so you're going to have to tell me a lot of what happened in that second half because I was crying a lot. <laughs> oh, oh wow. That's fair. The emotional high was rough. It was ex- it was fatiguing. At the end, I was like, fuck, I, just felt, I feel like I just ran a marathon. I mean, part of that was also the, the multiversal 
fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that was, it was very tense for a very long time. That was kind of exhausting also. Yeah. And I am in for that. I am too. And I think that's what sells the emotional impact of the ending also. Cause you're, you've, you've just, you've built that tension for so long mm-hmm. and you're just looking for any way to release it. And then they, they <laughs> dive deep into the emotion and the release just start releasing. Yeah. <laughs> just shooting a big old load of release. <laughs> For like 80 minutes. Yeah, they've edged you for a very long time. <laughs> well, this is, uh, I think, probably my favorite movie of the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I hope it cleans up at the Oscars. I would love to see, yep. like you said, everyone involved in these major components get nominated. I think yeah. worthy of it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I have a feeling that next week when we talk about Doctor Strange, this movie will come up a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot, a lot. Because it's really hard not to compare these. Mm-hmm. And I won't say much more about it, but Mitch, you will see. And and like, there are so many times during this conversation that it's like, mm-hmm. all right, let's just end this conversation because we're going to talk about it again next week. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. I, uh, my expectations for Doctor Strange are, are modest to low, right? Especially after seeing this because this was so good at good and spider-man i thought was so good so like how are you going to top how are you going to top that how are you yep. going to, be able to equal it right so i'm trying to keep my my expectations low so i won't be disappointed we'll see the less expectations you can go into anything <laughs> the better <laughs> that is the truth it's hard to be disappointed when you have no expectations for how something's gonna go right set your goal unless so you just low. feel like it completely wasted your time mm-hmm. that is true how old I know the answer to this. How okay. old do you think James Hong is? Ooh. Seventy six. I was thinking that, so I'm gonna to jump to eighty seven. He's not eighty seven. He is not eighty seven. He is ninety three years old. Ooh. No shit. I was February twenty second, nineteen twenty nine. Wow. It's <laughs> a good run. That's a long time to be alive. And you know what? Gr- what a what a great legacy for him to have a movie like this a- as part of his uh, his CV, his in memoriam package. Fifteen years from now, like toward the end of his career, to have something this this meaningful be part of it. God, Pedro, little child. Speaking of which, I just looked at his IMDb list, and he's got something coming up—a series. Called Gremlins: Secrets of the Mogwai. Yep, yep. This why? Why what? Why why does that need to happen? Uh, because Disney owns it now. It's because we need to oh, suck sure. the marrow out of. <sighs> because thought... coming up with new things is hard. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, they have... paid a lot of money for Fox. They're they're going to milk everything they can out of it. You're not wrong. Before Josh Hawley takes away their rights to everything. Oh boy. It's <laughs> exciting. I can't believe that Republicans want to feud with Disney. Republican politicians. I don't want to like blanket to everyone. It's it's that guy because he just wants all the publicity right now so he can run uh-huh. in two years. Whew. And he is the worst. The fucking worst. He is the worst. He's one of the reasons when people say, Hey, why don't you move to Missouri? Mm-hmm. Mm, no, I, I 
I know the devils that live in this state, and I'm a lot more okay with them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about everything. Everyone should go watch it. If you don't like weird, I think that would be the only thing that might stand in your way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think everybody can get something out of it. Um, there is a group of people that I would not recommend see this on the big screen. Hmm. Um, and, and just because of the more, because I think they'd be disappointed in it if they paid to see it, as opposed to if it just was on their streamer and they turned it on one day, I will, I will call out my father as a person like this. Like my dad would be pissed if he went and paid money to see this in the theater. If he turned it on at home one day at when it started, just to see what it was, he might watch it through, you know, just in that, instead of going to the theater for the spectacle of it, paying the money. Plus on the big screen, it's a lot. It is a lot on the big screen. Uh, Condensing that down could make it more palatable for some people, I think. Yeah, maybe. James Hong and Jonathan Banks were both in airplane. Yeah. Yes, they were. And Jonathan, or um, yeah, Jonathan Banks, he, he looks a lot different with, uh, with hair. Mm. I showed my children airplane recently. Oh my God. Is this him? They oh, love Jesus. It. Look at this guy when he was young. Oh my God. All right. I'm finished. <laughs> I'm going to watch airplane tonight before I go to bed. Sounds like a good way to end the evening. Yeah. There's something wrong with this woman. We need to get her to the hospital. What is it? It's a big building where you take sick people. Ah, oh, love it. Got a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> do you like gladiator movies (laughs) (laughs) fucking leslie nielsen man oh that guy was so goddamn good yep i saw a super cut of all the times he used a fart box toy on various (laughs) interview shows (laughs) (laughs) where they did not know that he was about to like use that gag that's fantastic. Uh-huh. Great dude. And right, but I don't know anything about him before he was funny. Like, because before that, he was like in westerns and stuff, yeah? He well, was he like was a, also in uh, Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet. Yep. Which was exceptionally good. Nice. It was really good. And so you can kind of see, uh, I think it's a very palatable movie for, for a modern audience <clears throat> to see what his acting was like before he was just a straight-up comedian comedic actor mm-hmm. who said no to nothing <laughs> he made a lot of little silly movies yep has appeared in f- just just james hong uh yes. has appeared in four films that have been selected for the national film registry by the library of congress as being culturally historically or aesthetically significant flower drum song a movie i've never seen mm-hmm. chinatown airplane and blade yep. runner mm-hmm. yeah those last three movies are fantastic Mm -hmm. flower drum song eh? Uh, if it's available maybe we should put that on the list sure taglines broadway's most romantic musical comedy comes to the screen oh it's on you can watch it on roku no it's okay yeah it's rogers and hammerstein oh it's okay yeah Maybe we don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm fine with not doing it already. I've talked myself out of it. (laughs) Make a 
a uh, spinoff podcast only reviewing the movies of James Hong, it can last 11 years. Oh, my God. I mean, if you take breaks like we do, it could last 20 <laughs> Oh, he's done everything. We probably have to add another year by the time we got that far. Yep. Let's hope we get another, like, 10 years of movies with him in it. Well, I mean, those 10 years of movies would add another year to the podcast. Right? Into it. He does a lot of voice work. Yes, he does. When when he came on on screen, I was like, is that who I think it is? And then he spoke and I was like, it is, but I thought he died. I'll let Hmm. you know when he dies, Tony. Oh, in the original series of MacGyver, he played three different characters. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, also auditioned That's hilarious and racist. It sure is. What was that? He auditioned for Sulu. Oh, cool. Oh, my. Probably a good thing he didn't get it. Probably. I don't know. You know, you think about the times where Takei had to, like, Sulu went crazy for things. I feel like this guy could have done that, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I uh, He is becoming more and more, like, human form David Lopan. Mm-hmm. As he ages. Yep. Yep, he was also in nine episodes of Kung Fu, playing different characters. How many oh. different characters did he play? Nine. I don't think he ever was a. Holy it wasn't ever a two-parter. Those were each episode he was in. He was just uh, Master Yang Kuo in one. Sang Yam oh, Tin. Wow. Tan Yin. Yeah, all different. I do mm. like the idea that there was a council of masters. And he played all ten of the the masters, but different ones, like oh. completely separate ones, and they did not play it as a joke. Oh, that would have been great. I like the idea of that, even though it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, as I go back to even older shows, it happened again and again. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's you know it shows the progress of Hollywood that at one point he played nine characters on nine shows but on another series later on he played three on three which meant there were just more asians in hollywood to get the roles that they were meeting out to them square root of racism there yeah if yeah (laughs) i mean i think that operates under the suggestion that there weren't more asians in hollywood but from like what i understand about the history of our country uh well i mean that there were a lot of Asians in California. Just saying. No, I mean <laughs> in the in the acting biz. Just saying from a numbers game. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, getting cast, I guess, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I think availability wasn't the issue. <laughs> oh, all right. You look tired, Mitch. Oh, you like know, like just that that release. Mm-hmm. It's the end of my semester. I've done a lot of reading and grading today. Mm. Ew. Uh-huh. I try to make them turn in things as videos as often as I can. Oh, nice. Because that's at least more entertaining for me. Sure. Even if their answers aren't any more correct. But, you know, keeps me happy. Yeah. So that has worn me down. But I'm excited to see more films. I like going out to, you know... uh I think we're going to Edwardsville to watch the Multiverse of Madness in the IMAX because I imagine that it will certainly be a visual spectacle, even if the 
plot isn't tremendous, which is also where I would go to see, uh, you know, any future Avatar movies that happen to. You guys are <laughs> monsters. <laughs> what is wrong with you? That movie was a piece of dog shit. And I, I see it. a dog shitting every day. <laughs> every single day I see a dog taking a shit. It's not the same dog. It's never in the same place or time. Every day I watch poop come out of a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm not just, joking. Is it too late to turn away once it started? I mean, once I've seen it, I can turn away all I want, but I've, like, I've already seen it. Well, it's better to actually watch it resolve than imagine what would happen. No, I don't. <laughs> I've seen it so many times, I know how it ends. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's I mean, that's Avatar, right? There's nothing spectacular about its plot. It's no. Dances of the Wolves with blue people. But, I mean, I thought it looked great. Giant flying things. It looked like it the first great. movie did. Huh? It looked like this the one's first going movie. underwater. Ooh. You know, from visionary oceanographer James Cameron. Ann <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I are watching through that, and she's just so fucking good. Yep. Future Man is a work of art. Mm-hmm. I was trying to remember where that was from. Yep. 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 Every other, every other scene was like, mm. You've nailed it again, Future Man. <laughs> yep. Just what I thought you couldn't get me more. Mm-hmm. Why are you going. so good? All the ingredients are wrong. <laughs> Why are you so good? Yep. yep. We were fantastic. Uh, I've got nothing else to say about this movie. Go me see it. Either. Yep. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Uh, see you guys next week, and we will talk about Multiverse of Madness. Awesome. Yeah.